Well, as we roll into the ECB meeting and Jerome Powell's speech, we are seeing US dollar longs a little bit hot under the collar. We're seeing buyers in bonds, we're seeing buyers in equities, a little key day reversal coming through there, and we're seeing oil prices collapse. But can this continue over the next few days? That's what Blake and I discuss as we go into the trade-off. Well, hello, my name's Chris Weston. I'm head of research here at Pepperstone. And I'm gonna be joined in two seconds by Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. You can see we have an action-packed show, as we always do. There's a lot of factors to get through across asset class today. Uh, but I'm gonna bring Blake into the program. Blake, um, first of all, well done on your Yuri Yang call last week. You're delivering alpha for the clients, for the traders, for the viewers out there. Uh, you got that one really nicely nailed. So uh, yeah, I think it's one of those ones where you probably go, oh, do you know, we could have got more out of the trade. But uh, you know, you called it well. You've done. You've done well. well. We're going to call thank you. We call you uh, Pip Czar, Pip Marmite. We might call you Pip Yen next week. Let's <laughs> see how he goes. <laughs> a quick question. We got a, we got a question from a viewer last week. Uh, Moin Alhak. Uh, he writes: If the doom continues and persists through Q4, um, I suspect or suggest that Pip Czar could come to Australia for summer. Uh, we are ever optimistic here. Now I, that's an interesting situation because I would love to get you over here, but on your uh, on your ballooning US dollar at the moment and our collapsing property prices, uh, is Mr. Morrow due for a visit to our sunny shores in the Q4? Potentially with a shopping list and a big truck to back it up and pick up some cheap Aussie assets. We're gonna see you over <laughs> That's here. That's right, I'm gonna back up the truck there, Chris. <laughs> That's mate, I'll be out here, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be willing to see you on, on the Australian beaches. You can get your uh, your speedos out, and uh, I'll see you on the beach. Tinnies. <laughs> <laughs> I do not wear speedos, my friend. Maybe <laughs> no. you do, but I'm, no. I do not. <laughs> but I bet you wear Crocs, though, don't you? I do not. <laughs> no. I think that's a good place to leave it. Let's go to Topical Funder. Let's see what's going on in the markets. Interesting one, Blake. We saw... Uh, yeah, well, crude prices absolutely collapsed. We'll talk about those in a second. But you know, crude prices you know, coming down, we saw bond prices going lower. Uh, and equities had one of the best days that we've seen for a long time. Um, despite, you know, Lal Branio coming out with a, a fairly mixed or fairly sort of two-way statement, uh, despite you know, the Wall Street Journal uh, t saying that the, the, the chance of a 75 basis point hike at the next September FOMC meeting uh, is, is very much in play. Um, we we saw bond yields coming down, and the equity market liked that situation. We saw an engulfing, uh, golf, bullying, bullish engulfing candle coming through. Ninety five percent of stocks were higher. We've got the VIX trading around just under twenty five percent at the moment. Uh, the question is, are we going to see follow through? Now, I've got a chart of this in in, in one of the charts in a minute, um, so stick around for that, obviously. But uh, the question is that everyone's asking today. Ahead of next week's CPI number, have we seen a low in equity prices? How are you reading sentiment more broadly at the moment? Well, you know, sentiment turned really sharp today. It really yeah. did. And, um, you know, the nice thing is technically, if you, you want to look at it technically, we're not forging out new lows, not in crypto, not in equities. Um, you know, we're so that that sharp turn that we saw in sentiment, the dollar, like you, you said in your intro, is getting a little hot here. And we're going to talk about the dollar actually at length too. Yeah. So I like it. I mean, I... Uh, it's hard for me to be a buyer and say the low is in. There's been a Man. lot of research, a lot of research reports that came out today. Um, uh, one of one of our traders, he works on a on a trade desk at a bank. 
in our community. And he, you know, he was, he was saying this, we were having the same conversation just a few hours ago. And he's just like the amount of emails that I've got in my inbox about the low is in. And I'm like, I don't necessarily agree, but a tradable low for today, or maybe for the next couple of weeks, I think is doable. And, and I, I, I could really see us trading back above 4,000 and maybe closer to 41, 4,200 yeah. before we, you know, where the rubber meets the road, if you like to call it. 4018 so. is my level. That's what I'm looking for to give me a bit more confidence that we can we can push a little bit higher, that we know that, that trend-following funds, CTA, systematic funds have, have swung to a big short position, and that would be where you'd start to see them looking to, to massage those positions lower. And again, that just perpetuates the move a little bit higher in that. Of course, we've got next week's CPI number in the US. I think that's going to be a blockbuster. You know, If we do see a situation where the month-on-month headline print uh, declines, that could be really positive for risk assets from a psychological perspective. But I still think the, 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 the two areas that we're looking for risk for me um, or real rates, so if, uh, yeah, Treasury's adjusted for inflation expectations and, and two years have just been ballooning. They need to, to pull back. And then the other thing is also the terminal rate. So that's the, the point in the Fed Fund's future, which is the maximum point. And, uh, you know, that's trading around 3.90 at the moment, 3.9%. If that was to push about 4%, I think that would, would cause another leg lower in, in risk assets, I think, if it was to pull sure. back. So they're the two things I'm really looking at at the moment. I think the equity market is fairly well correlated with that terminal rate at the moment. So... We'll have to see. You know, but I think psychologically, if we've got a, a weak headline CPI number, uh, that could be very positive for risk assets next week. That could be a real kicker there. You know, I want to say just, uh, you know, just because not just because we do this show together, but really as a as a Pepperstone trader, if, if you if you are a trader at Pepperstone and you get Chris's daily research, you guys and gals are in really good hands. And that's one thing I just want to make sure I throw that on out there. Just a little plug for you guys over at Pepperstone so uh, and you specifically. All right, let's uh, let's turn to the ECB because tomorrow, I know a lot of you are going to be watching this ahead of the ECB. Obviously, there's going to be some people watching it after. Uh, so it, this may this conversation may not uh, 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 age well, but <laughs> I figure we talk, you know, is it going to be 50 basis points or is it going to be 75 chris you know the ecb does not have an easy job nice. right now and nice. i don't i don't i don't admire christine lagarde um and and you know we're, we're faced with the decision because i think it's going to be if we go 75 if, if the ecb goes 75 basis points you're going to see the euro firm up probably closer 101 102 if if, if it is a if it's a if it's a dovish hike or even if it's you know half a percent, 50 basis points, you're going to see the euro collapse. And I, I think it's going to be a pretty, uh, you know, I know a lot of people use this term, but binary type of uh, event tomorrow. Mm. Um, but I, I wanted to find out where your thoughts were, because I think the market's looking at about 0.66%. So that means our higher chance that we get a 75 basis points. Yeah. But I'm not sure. I Well, I, I've bet on a hawkish ECB and gotten burned many times in my career. So I'm not willing to step out on a ledge tomorrow. And I don't have any Euro positioning going into tomorrow, but I am going to trade it. I am uh, going to actively trade the Euro. What are your thoughts about the ECB? I think first of all, you make a great point. um, And that is, is about positioning around the ECB. I think the easy money is to be made going into the meeting. And then, you know, potentially what, what we hear afterwards, if it's definitive, you know, the first move might not be the last move. I think, yeah, holding exposures over there is fully outside of our control, not just because of liquidity issues, but because of, you know, we just don't know. I mean, it could go either way. You can make an argument. We saw a market news article suggesting it was probably close towards 50. 
You know, we've seen other articles recently in large, a lot of dove, uh, hawkish rhetoric from the ECB suggesting it should be 75. I think the ECB need a stronger euro and, and 75 is, is, is where they need to get it to. But, you know, it's also what's being priced out the curve. So I think, to answer your question, I think they go 75 personally. Um, but it's also also about what's being priced further out the curve in the rate structure. And that then Christine sure. Lagarde's speech needs to marry up with that. So you could easily get 75 basis points, which causes a, a little bit of a spike up. And then, you know, the outlook doesn't marry up with the statement. They start talking about the energy crisis and all these factors, something that the Bank of England didn't talk about yesterday. Uh, Andrew Bailey didn't, fo- uh, you know, didn't focus on rates. He was very focused on the energy crisis. So... Yeah, look, I mean, it's, it, the, the probability is the, part, the playbook is too diverse for me to, to make a, a conviction call, which makes me want to close euro exposures going to that. That's how we manage risk around an event where it could be either or. Um, and that, for me, I think you make a great point. The best, the, best, the best position over the ECB meeting itself, for me, is no position. I think that's probably the I'm best I'm with way you to on that. And, and, and I think you, 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 you nailed it. There's a lot of variables there. That's right. Where there's not a lot of variables at the moment is, is the yen. The yen has just been taken out down to the woodshed and chopped up. Boom, 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 boom. It is getting absolutely destroyed, and rightly so. I mean, I think they've got a balance of payments issue, but they've got a currency crisis on their hands, and that's emerging. Uh, everyone wants out of Dodge at the moment. You know, if you go into the, the, the forward markets, you know, if, you, if you're working in a corporate treasury department, you know, and you're basically sitting there with a, a dollar yen exposure or a yen exposure, and you want to roll that over for six, 12 months, um, then, then you can do dollar yen. You can roll those euro dollar yen positions over at a 600 basis point, uh, 600 pip discount. You know, it's the largest discount that you've seen for a while. Yeah, carry is on vogue at the moment with yen every day of the week. The Bank of Japan push back every time. We don't want to take it out on the JGB market, but we want to take it out on the yen. So everyone's been selling yen. You know, Euro yen's been flying. We've seen yeah, even Aussie yen's been making a move, but it's dollar yen, the one that everyone's been focused on. Blake, we were talking about this. You know, we've been talking about this one for some time. I want to I want to talk a bit about we could sit there and talk about yen intervention but the thing that really took out for me as a currency trader is it goes back to a saying that I heard a long time ago that that you've got to look after your winners uh, so you've got to look after your losers but winners take care of themselves I think that statement is absolute nonsense when you see a move like what we saw where yeah you know, you've got to look after your losers you have to you have to cut them out quickly but when you're a fund and you're actively managing and you're seeing you know it moving up and it continues to move up like we've seen a number of times this year You've got to stay in the trade. So you've got to look after those winners and you've got to get more out of those winners. How have you been dealing with that? You know, that's a great question. And I I actually leveraged up your trade from last week. The funny thing is my play of the day, even though it was the euro yen, I didn't trade it. I actually traded the dollar yen and I got aggressively long. I, 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 I peeled out of it around 142 after buying it sub 140. I was sized up pretty good. And uh, I left 300 pips on the table and, and, and I struggle with that, Chris. And I'm, I'm not going to lie when I sat there, you know, 12, 16 hours later saying, wow, I really thought I was smart. Do you run a, do you run a trailing stop on a systematic view or how how does it? No, it's, you know, for me, for me, because it was so sized up, I, what I should have done obviously is just taken partials and then, then, you know, lever push my stops up to break even because i was originally targeting 144 to 145 mm. and i just didn't stick to my plan and it is tough because these moves don't happen all the time chris no. they but it's becoming you know, more when, frequent when you get a 500 bit move year. in a couple of days that's right the other thing is, is, is as we go into i mean what was it 146 70 odd was the level in 1998 where they last intervened in the currency market by selling dollar yen? That's, I mean, they've done it, they bought dollar yen before, but this is the last time they sold. And there's quite a few comments out there that, that we're on sort of intervention watch. Could the Ministry of Finance come out and start selling 
dollar yen. Those comments are getting more aggressive when we get into those uh, 2000 and, well, 1998 highs and, and last intervention levels. So volatility has started rising in dollar yen. We've seen that in the options market. And that's something that we do need to be aware of. But uh, I, I think in this monetary policy environment, where carry is so, so strong and momentum so strong, I'm a buyer of pullbacks in, in dollar yen. I think the yen is, yeah, the yen is an ugly currency uh, and there's no, there's no it, reason it, to like it unless bond yields were to sustainably pull down. That's great points. And, and I'll tell you, we're going to go into the dollar, but I got to say, you know, we've been talking about the carry trade being being the trade all year long if you've been listening here at the trade-off. So uh, let's yeah. go talk about the dollar. And uh, I want to I want to ask, is is it still king dollar or is it a little hot under the collar and we got a dollar top? I mean, you, you saw sentiment shift really aggressively today as we talked about a little bit earlier. You know, you got metals that you got, you know, gold holding above that 1680 level we talked about last week. And if you were, you were buyer below 1700, you're sitting, you know, you're sitting kind of happy right now thinking, hey, mm. man, you know, maybe this is it. Maybe the bottom's in and, and gold. You got you got Bitcoin cryptocurrencies. They had a late day surge in North America. Um, you know, you 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 they're not creating new lows. We have yields coming off. We have bonds, you know, trying to rally back, trying to trying to make a recovery. They're starting to they're looking like they might forge a higher low. That means mm. yields might start coming down. Mm. And, you know, I'm going to sit here and ask and I think it. It really comes down to tomorrow's ECB meeting, to be to be perfectly frank, because of the weighting that the euro has. Mm. However, it does start to look like the euro might, or the dollar might be topping. I'm not saying that that the dollar's done, a stick of fork in it, you know, it's over. But I'm am saying that we might be seeing an interim top. What are your thoughts about King Dollar, or have we it's King Dollar? It's still King Dollar every day of the week. If you look around right now, um, so let's actually let me fair structurally thematically, fundamentally, it's king dollar. There is nowhere else in G10 that you want to have your money right now. The US is still the best place to be. You know, it is the, the, the best t-shirt in the laundry. It's the best, uh, best house in a, in a fairly shabby neighborhood. There is nowhere yeah. else you want to have your money right now. You know, China, they've tried everything to try and you know, lower their, or strengthen their remimbi. It's not happening. The yen, we've talked about. The UK, Europe, they've got energy crisis. It's only going to get worse. Inflation problems, they've got a demand squeeze. Trading-wise, we could we could see a little bit of a low coming through as we go into next week's CPI number. We know positioning's there, so I think structurally the dollar is the best place to be. Uh, you've got that core long exposure there, but I think tactically and as as a, as a kind of repositioning, there um, yeah, you could see you could see a bit of a turn. We will talk about pound uh, the uh, cable in a minute, but uh, yeah, it would just be a it would just be a trading uh, trading sell-off, I think. But yeah, for me, tactical the king dollar is tactical reversal. I think we're both in agreement. Then yeah. the dollar is still king. But we might see a pullback, and you want to be buying that pullback. And if you stick around here every week at the trade-off, I'm sure we're going to be identifying. Have a look those at levels, the um, right, Chris? have a look at have a look at the 50-day moving average. I know that's uh, you know just a simple term, but it has been a, a really good trend filter really since the lows. This whole run that we've been seeing that comes in around 107.35. So it's about two percent. That would be the level that you'd see it potentially gravitate to. That's where you want to see it rally off because that's where we've seen. I use the 50-day as, as a trend filter. Um, as a medium-term trend filter, I think there's a possibility if we are going to sell off, it's going to go down into that. That's where you'd look for the behavior. That's where you're going to look for the reversal. So I think longer term, if we are going to sell off, that would be the level that you want to look into. So yeah, one 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 for the radar, especially watch watch out tonight from Powell's speech. Uh, we've got uh, obviously the CPI number next week. That could take some wind out of the sales. So we'll see what happens there. Anyway, 
Let's have a look at some of the charts that are catching the eye in That's a Setup. Well, we talk about uh, we talk about the, the the dollar, and I think the first chart I want to bring up is cable. So. Um, what I like about this, this Blake is I've got a weekly chart, which of course we don't trade off weekly charts, but it gives you that big picture oversight, doesn't it? It just gives you the sort of really big picture aggregation of flow and capital and how everything's sort of into this kind of hodgepodge of, 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 of price action that we've been seeing and, and uh, you know, the setup. And what I like about this one at the moment, which is saying to me that perhaps we could see a reversal, perhaps into 117, you know, 60, those kind of levels into those previous lows. Uh, is that we've just we're just holding those uh, th those lows from 2020. You can see around 114, but we've got triple divergence playing through there. So we've got that divergence trade. We've seen a series of lower lows. We've seen that coming through, but on the RSIs, I know we can't really get much lower. So when you're looking at divergence, you've got to look at that starting point and say, well, it couldn't actually really make a lower low from that point in the first place. But you can see that we are in high alert on the weekly chart from this 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 fairly lengthy triple divergence that's playing through. And for me, there really isn't. Um, a better reversal indicator than divergence, especially triple divergence, and especially when it comes off a significant pivot like this. So this is a must-watch chart for me. Again, why do we like the pound? We don't like the pound. <coughs> There's very little to like about the pound, but you know, positioning has got quite extreme, um, and if we were to see a weaker dollar, then you'd expect the pound to rally. So we've got this in reversal watch. What do you think? You know, it, it happened to be my chart of the day, and we, we didn't discuss this uh, between Chris and I ahead of this show, but it was my chart of the day on our on our blog. And um, look, th there's been a lot of bad news that has already been priced in to the sterling. That doesn't mean that the sterling's not going to continue to go down. I think you can you can sell into rallies, but I like it down here, Chris. Matter of fact, myself personally, I've been establishing a position over the last couple of days. I'm slightly in profit now, and I'm actually looking to ride it for a bounce. So I, I'm with you already, and so I hope you're right because I'm going to be trading it to the long side from here. So well, you've, you're kind of catching a falling knife in a way, but uh, oh, of course, you know, yeah. if, you, if, you, if you want this, uh, I'd be looking for longs, very small size, uh, looking for that reversal. It's aggressive at these levels, but you've got a stop loss below the figure um, and, you know, looking for, a, for, for that momentum to take into 117.60. It's a low probability trade at this stage. We need that divergence to play out, but it's definitely one that, that, that's very much on the radar. Sure is. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's take it over to Silver for all you precious metal buffs and buffets out there. Um, you know, this, this is a, you know, speaking of divergence, look at the divergence on the relative strength here. Now, what I want to point out, and you'll see to the far right of the chart that that is a 618, the golden fib, if you will, of the 2020 lows that post COVID lows, all the way up to the early 2021 highs. If you pull all the, if you pull that, all that data, you came down to the 618 retracement, and what you'll notice is back in June, I believe it was in June or late May. Let me just double check that. It was early, or I'm sorry, it was early July. In July, early July, we put we put in a low right at the 618. Now, anybody who's long got long right around there. They played it to the long side, and then as you can see, we had this bear flag pattern that took us lower. It took us to new lows. RSI divergence. It got out of it. Got every long out of the market. Then we got a false breakdown. You know, Chris, I love false breakdowns because false breakdowns usually lead to breakouts. That means the other direction going up. So in this case, as long as we can stay above 1815 and we can hold above that, especially post ECB, post Jerome Powell tomorrow, I believe silver can trade back above 20. And I like it as a, as a, as a setup 
going the other direction and taking it for a bounce. What do you Mate, think here, Chris? I, I, just, I just think everything's looking correlated. So what we're doing on this episode is exploring the um, – the, the 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 fatigue in the dollar, so to speak. You know, if you if yeah. you're looking at real rates moving lower, potentially, I can't see them collapsing, but they might gravitate a little bit lower into CPI power, post power. But if we are looking at the emergence of a, of a tactical sell off in in short term sell off in the dollar, then of course silver's going to go up, and it's going to go at a faster pace than what we're seeing in gold. Gold will go up. Bitcoin might see a bit of a reprieve back above twenty thousand. Ethereum uh, might find a few buys. But what we've seen on this on this show so far. Is this, is this kind of a correlated trade. So the dollar, we're looking at cable, we're looking at potentially silver moving up. It's all one trade, really, isn't it, Blake? And, you know, you're looking at silver and it kind of correlates with what we've been seeing in that dollar flow as well. Well, Blake, one of the things we're look, also looking at is the S&P 500, the US 500. Yeah, we talked about this weaker dollar. We've talked about real rates. We've talked about what's going on in, in silver and the factor. But what we've also seen is this correlated in other risk assets, like the S&P 500. What we saw is we last week wanted to see um, that 61.8% retracement of the June-August rally uh, hold. We've seen that. We've seen a couple of days where prices traded below that Fibonacci retracement level and it's closed back above. The market did not want to see it close below that from a psychological perspective. To me, that's really important. We've seen a bullish engulfing, so prices traded below the previous day's lows and closed yeah, quite nicely above the previous day's lows. I'm looking for a short-term moving average crossover, which would confirm the move. But I want to see above 40, 40, sort of 1480 40-20, those kind of levels to, to get me feeling a little bit better about this. But it's, it's quite constructive so far. What are you thinking there? You know, uh, Chris, you we, we go back to your correlated trade. Look, the S&P, when you said that number today, 40-20, I'm looking at 40-20 and a break above that, it takes us to 40-90 in pretty short order. So I'm looking at a real quick move. And if you're thinking that, and I'm thinking that, that to me, suggests that we're probably going to get a break above that. And if we do get a break above 4020, it should be, you know, a pretty quick jump to 4100 right around those levels. I like how we're holding the 618. And like I said, the correlated trade, if the dollar starts to weaken, that would just suggest to me we're going to see risk assets rally. We're going to see bond yields come down. We might even see crude come down, but we're going to see, you know, a, a, a boost up in crypto you know, some dollar pulling back. And I like the S&P. That doesn't mean that I'm bullish the S&P from here. And I don't even necessarily believe that the low for the year is in. Yeah. But I do think that we could have a tradable tactical bounce here, a tradable yep. bounce that we can sell into probably in the next week or two. So I like yep. it from here, Chris. I think that 618 retracement, that Fibonacci level held like a kingpin. I think if That's that goes, I think. then we. I think the chances of, of going back to test those lows obviously ratchets up. But again, I come back to my point. Watch real rates. I think they kind of, and also that terminal rate, which currently sits around sort of April time for next year on the Fed funds future. Uh, if that was to pull back a little bit in terms of yield, I think that would be very positive for risk. I think the dollar's key to this. If we get a weaker dollar, everything goes up. But I like the fact that crude's also collapsing as well. I think that's really good for humanity. I think it's really good for risk as well. All right. Well, you know, speaking of the crude collapse, and I know we're going to hit on this and you're going to you want to talk about it, but uh, we probably <coughs> just didn't do this in order. Let's talk about the pound Canadian because I want to trade the, the 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 crude breakdown or the weakness in crude through FX. And how I'm going to I'm going to do that is through the Canadian dollar and I'm going to be long the pound Canadian. And I do like this particular trade for a couple of reasons. Technically, just like the cable, just like the sterling, we're at channel support. You'll notice we're at 127% extension of a big range. That range high, well, actually the range low, let me put it that way, is January 2017. The range high, which you don't see on this chart, is actually 
the March 2018 highs, the 127% extension of that number comes in right at where we pivoted off today. We got a nice bear, our bullish outside day on that chart. Relative strength is divergent. And, and we just got past the Bank of Canada today, Chris. So we don't even have to work about worry about the Bank of Canada. So we got that out of the way. So if crude continues to weaken, the sterling continues to bounce, which I think it is based on your analysis just a few you know, instruments ago. The pound Canadian is actually my vehicle of choice. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, yeah, similar similar situation as, as, as sterling against the dollar. Um, the CADs, obviously, you, you make some good points around the fact we've now gone past the Bank of Canada meeting. Uh, the next central bank meeting for the UK, which we'd look at the pound side of things, comes on the 15th of September. Uh, the market's pricing in 65 basis points. So I think we get a 75 basis point. So we've got a, an extra 10 basis points to give us that little bit leg up. But yeah, if you look at the, the sterling curve at the moment, um, yeah, the, the, the pound's not being correlated to the fact that we have seen rates in, in the UK really ratcheted up. Those expectations have ballooned because they've got other problems there as well. And, and an aggressive rate hiking cycle is going to really hurt the economy and people are looking at it from a relative growth perspective. The question is, will that start to change? Will start people looking at the pound in a more optimistic light knowing that so much is bad news is priced in, knowing that uh, we've got all this fiscal coming through from Liz Truss now, who's been confirmed as the, as the PM. So again, yeah, do you, do you trade sterling dollar? Do you trade sterling CAD? You know, I think the question is, is which one's going to move the most? So yeah, uh, it's choose your weapon, but I think they both do the same thing there. Anyway, let's go to player of the day. Blake called it last week. Let's see what he's got in his mind this week. Looking at crude, Blake, uh, if you look up the daily chart here, look, we, we saw an absolute collapse last night. I heard, I heard people saying it was because of a, a, a death cross coming through the 5,200-day moving average. I had to chuckle. Oh, I was like, anyone who's basing their investment strategy on that, um, you know, especially when you're talking short-termism like that. Maybe it's true. I don't know. But uh, I think what you've seen is, a, is demand destruction. You know, we saw China extending uh, the lockdowns in Chengdu. I think that was part of the issue. Uh, but I think when we traded through those recent lows that you've seen on those double bottom, I think you saw just stops coming through. The market gave up. The bids dried up and bang, just straight through the elevator. Down the elevator she went. The question is, is are, are we selling rallies in this? I'm a seller of rallies. That's my play of the day. I uh, like it into 85 on a bit of a retracement. I'd be selling back into that. This move that we've seen means everything to me. I think this is so important for risk more broadly. Uh, I'm a seller into 85 for, for a move back down to 80. You've got a stop loss uh, on, a, on a close back above the five-day exponential moving average on a daily basis there. But I think this one starts to trend. I think we, we sell rallies into, into 80. I think that's my play of the day today. All right. Well, I, I like it, Chris. I do. I, I'm, I have to admit, you know, that people would when we talked about crude going to 75 bucks a few weeks back, I, you know, had some people saying there's no way. Well, you know, maybe we are on our way. So let's take a look at my play of the day, which will be the dollar yen. Now, this is uh this is where I'm playing yen and I'm playing it tight. You gotta you gotta play the yen on the long side, keep it tight. I'm looking for a move right back down to 140, maybe even a little bit lower than that. Maybe it maybe you get a little bit of uh luck and you get some intervention behind you, but you gotta keep you gotta keep it tight now. For those of you that are harmonic pattern traders, you might see that as a butterfly. You might see that as a deep crab. You might see it as however you see it. But I've had it set up just like this literally for the last uh, week, targeting 145, and we hit it to the pip. Nice trend line up there. Divergent relative strength. It's over. It's overbought. And so I think right now it gives you that opportunity that if you want to buy yen or sell dollar yen, you can do it with a tight stop. But you got to keep your stops tight, Chris, because 
in a market like this, we've seen it. They get aggressive. There's no, there's, there's nothing stopping us from going from 145 to 150. So if you are going to play yen or dollar yen to the short side, trading counter trend, keep it tight, keep your stops there. And if you got stopped out, you get stopped out. But uh, sometimes you got to take these opportunities when you see them. Make some great points there, Blake. I'm, uh, I'm fully on board with that. Anyway, if you've been watching the show, if you continue to watch all the way through, we thank you a lot. Hit the like button, leave a comment. Uh, we, we try and get through to them as many as we can. We try and even answer them on the show if we can as well. Uh, but we do appreciate all the community that we're building every day and every week. Um, but from, from Blake and myself, thank you for watching. And we'll see you next week for more of The Trade-Off.